This is Postcards from Grafton. We are exploring the most fascinating people and places in our community and everything in between. We are your hosts, Carrie Mariner and Fred Backstrom, librarians and historians at the Grafton Midview Public Library. This podcast is made possible by the Grafton Village History Association. You have a chance to explore your own personal history by emailing us the code word you hear at some point during the episode and winning an Ancestry DNA test kit. So listen for the code word and email us at postcardsfromgrafton at gmail.com. We have convinced, or harassed, staff to spit in tubes to test their DNA for us. Today they share their family stories with us, and we share their results with them. I am now an expert on saliva bubbles and how to have enough spit to spit in a tube. Turns out it's more complicated than you think it is, and spit is still gross. It's very gross. Thank you, staff, for letting us do this. <laughs> oh, very much. I, we It's appreciated, and I, I think we heard some really interesting stories, really great stories. I think we reveal some interesting and unexpected results to some people. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of us have connections to West Virginia or, like, murders in the family tree. And I should take this moment to apologize to the community because Maggie has turned into a bit of a monster with her results. She yeah. now thinks she's royal. Queen Maggie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We created the monster. So, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> but it should be an interesting thing to hear. Yeah. And I think we're, gonna, we're all going to really enjoy it. I know we did. This was a fun one. Definitely. Our history matters, our community matters. Enjoy the stories. Now we're going to chat with Tammy about food, family, and the closeness they share with each other, and unexpected results. Hi, Tammy. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? I'm doing well. Thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. So how about you introduce yourself, talk a little about what you do at the library and outside of library land. Okay, my name is Tammy Lynn Mullins. Um, I've been at the library for 25 years, and um, I've done practically every job that you could do in this place, from (laughs) covering books all the way up to doing what I do now, to telling stories, you name it. I love my family, and my family's pretty close, and I think that's probably why I'd like to do a little more research into finding out just where exactly we've come from. My family is enormous. A lot of them are already gone, but you know, those of us who are still here try to make effort to get it to get together and have a good time and it's a pretty wild crowd. I don't know if you've ever seen that that meme where there's some guy on a uh he's like on a diving board and they say we just give this guy a beer and he entertains us for the rest of the night. So my <laughs> my family is kind of crazy. So just look at me, smile, and forgive me. (laughs) So as far as where my family came from, well, a lot of it is a big mystery. But from what I've been told, um, my great-grandparents fled, I want to say, Eastern Europe. I, I could be wrong. Or Western Europe, I'm not sure where, but they fled during World War One to escape everything that was happening during that over, I believe, in, in Germany. When they came to the United States, I don't know the year, but when they came to the United States, he insisted, my great, 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 
know if it's great, 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 or great, 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 great grandfather insisted that the last name be changed from the name that they knew in Germany to a new American name. So the prior name was Wittmann, V-I-T-T-M-A-N. And um, my current, or my maiden name is Whitman, W-H-I-T-M-A-N. So that's what they they changed it to. I don't know, uh, I've heard just stories, you know, when everybody's around the table, you know, about, well, if great-granddad didn't, didn't, wouldn't have left, we'd still all be Whitmans and, you know, all this other kind of, you know, crazy stuff. Good thing he got away. So I don't know if there was, you know, some sort of um, an issue if he was government over there and was trying to flee or if he was just a criminal. So I'd have to find out, you know, more information about that. It's one thing I'd like to find out. My great grandparent or my dad's great grandmother or my great my dad's grandmother spoke fluent Hungarian so that's how they came they they spoke English too but their English was a Hungarian with a Hungarian accent so he knew a lot of the more common Hungarian words he knew what some of the stuff meant and so that's kind of where that stuff was all handed down has has been handed down from like grandparent to grandparent on a lot of the Hungarian cooking that we all do. So we've got all the recipes from way, way back in the day, you know, that were actually shared down because my family loves to eat. So <laughs> that was one thing that they always, you know, when you went to a party with a family party, it was always the, you know, the the recipes that we all knew. I don't know any much, much more about the heritage. My, my, my brother or my father and all of his brothers were like notorious in Illyria when they were growing up. <laughs> I probably shouldn't mention that, should I? But, you know, just some of the fun family stories that we heard, the things that they did, and, you know, riding go-karts down Route 57. <laughs> just all kinds of other goofy things that they did when they were growing up. Now, as far as my mom's side of the family, I don't have a whole lot of information, but I can tell you that my mother's father was from West Virginia, and that maiden name is Goodwin. Anyhow, they all came from West Virginia, and they're also of a German, supposedly of a German kind of a descent. Goodwin, it sounds, you know, kind of sounds German. There's supposedly a lot of Native American on that side of the family, so there may be a, maybe a little Native American in the bloodline somewhere. I'm not sure of the degree, but she tended to think it was some. She also mentioned something about there was uh, maybe some Welsh. I don't know where that would be, but that some of the family. Oh, and then uh, way back on, the, on her side of the family, too, uh, would be her uncle... They're of um, all of um, Armenian descent. Mm -hmm. So when we get together, we get we get to get, taste all that Armenian food for our family reunion. So it's kind of like Hungarian-Armenian. I don't know if that's good, but I know the food is really super good. Both sides of my family really like to eat, if you can't tell. 
that part of that family is still in um, Amherst. There may be some Dutch in there. I'm just hoping I'm not like 2% this and 2% that. That's another reason why I want to do this because it'd be really fun to go back. I know there were some that were in wars and my most of my family may be most recent to the United States. I am curious um, who like you remember as your oldest living relative and what kind of stories did you have from that person or did they share anything? Well, I, I knew my great uncle on my dad's side of the family. They were, I guess, they had grown up somewhere. I'm not sure if it was in the United States somewhere, but it was like one of the last houses in Elyria to actually get electricity, water, and telephone. They just loved living <laughs> with an outhouse, I guess, you know. So it was interesting to go over there because they're always cooking outdoors. Like in the summertime, there was like a teepee pot in the yard and that's how they cooked. And I remember that as a child, you know, still. If you're 10 years old, that's only 50 years ago. So mm -hmm. that's really not that far back in history to see somebody cooking in the front yard. Mom always said, go to the bathroom before you leave because you don't want to use the outhouse. And that's just how they liked to, they fought to keep their lifestyle the way that was. So I don't know what that was from. It, they were wonderful people. And uh, there was an accent there, but you know what? Uh, they, they died shortly. I mean, I hadn't gone over there very often, so I just don't know as a child what that was. And, and then I had a great-grandmother that I remember. And um, that's pretty much as far back as I can remember. And my great-grandmother on my dad's side, she was a wonderful, tiny little lady. And she did a lot of Hungarian cooking or German cooking. And we'd go over there and eat all the time. So Grandma Gerhardt. Food is one of those powerful family traditions, Yeah. after all. Yeah, food is like, I would say that. And my family was big into, wep you know, wep weapons. They liked to get, when we got together, everyone was shooting their guns. Or they liked to, you know, get fireworks and play with fireworks. And it was a very interesting childhood. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, there was just dancing and um, music was real important. My grandfather played an accordion and a violin. And uh, my dad played an accordion. And I had a, another uncle that played a banjo. And so every time we had a family get-together, there was a big party. I mean, and there was a music. Go figure, you know. My dad was great at Elvis Presley, and so he would do the young people stuff back then. And then my grandpa and all of them would get together and and play their their music. So yeah, dancing, and I miss that, you know. Out in the camping, we camped a lot too. So I know Miranda talked about family reunions that she remembers in West Virginia, and it seems like those kind of traditions are fading away now. Yeah. Um, just because it's hard with everyone so spread out, yeah. and of course now with the pandemic too. But do you see yourself carrying on anything? Like, are I, you cooking recipes or? I tried for years. I kept um, a family reunion that went 
probably I did 10 years on my mom's side of the family. And um, that was to keep because, you know, there's the Goodwin side who is like mostly, I would say, to me, it always felt like the woods of West Virginia to the Armenian side. And we had all kinds of games and music and food. You know, there was the regular American Kentucky Fried Chicken. And then there was all this kidney and, you know, um, lamb and all kinds of rice and baba, you know, baba ganu and all of those things like you would pick up at, you know, um, Aladdin's out in Oberlin, sort of, you know. Um, and the same with the other side, it was every year. Actually, sometimes it was twice a year, just depending on how everyone could get together. Lots of parties. It was a never-ending party when the Whitmans got together. It was just all kinds of, you know, special things, dancing. And I don't, it would dance really strange, but I have no idea what kind of dancing it was. It could be, it could have been some special dance that they did, because it, it seemed like they all knew how to do the same thing. It could have been... Uh, a family dance that they knew I was never taught this or it could have been black velvet I have no idea <laughs> so maybe it was one of those things that was brought over it, it could it was very well a been. traditional thing and once we it was just you find always, more information yeah always a happy good time I don't remember there any being any discord in either of my families when they came together because they did both sides would come together occasionally and that was always quite the riot. And, um, but there was never, I guess I feel pretty fortunate because there was never any fighting or problems. And it was just a lot of love and fun and <laughs> good times. It sounds like you have such a mix in your family. When the I test do. results come back, what would surprise you to see? What would surprise me? I don't know, honestly, because all along I've ever, I've always felt like because of that vast, I mean, because of, and it's, and it's not only just nationalities, there's also race. So I'm interested to see if any type of a, another race may show up in my, um, in my test. There is African American in our family. And I don't know, you know, how far back it went. I, you know, I just know that it was there. And, you know, it has continued. There's a part of my family that still is Native or African-American. So quite frankly, they're, uh, that part of my family, I don't get to see enough of. So I'd be, I, I guess I'd kind of be surprised. Does, does the test show if there's another uh, type of a, a ethnicity or race? in your blood or um it will it'll it'll pinpoint different ethnic regions that's interesting so i that would be something that i would be interested in knowing i would love to know that i guess i've just always felt like when i do one of these tests i would always be like like i said two percent spanish one percent english you know 25 percent hungarian you know just little teeny weeny percents of all different kinds of things it's just, possible. And that is possible. I know that. And I'm fully prepared to see that. But I would just be surprised to see, like, I'm 60% something, you know? Mm -hmm. 
it would be it would be nice to see which that was because I think that would really cause me to go okay I want to find out where they are are they are there any more people that are overseas you know is there any family over there distant family that I don't know anything about has anyone done a lot of extensive research already in your family you said there hadn't been too much but there was a cousin of mine who did a lot of uh, family research, but his was mainly on his dad's side of the family. I think maybe you might have even helped him. He came over mm-hmm. here a couple of times. His last name was Brown. And um, trying to find a Brown in all of the Browns, he was really having a, a, a very hard time finding his family. Mm-hmm. And that was something that he always wanted. What do you think this will inspire you to do once you get your results? Will you share it with family? Will you do your own research? I will share it with my family. Um, But yeah, I would be, I would want to do more research and find out just where people, where, what did my family do? Have we done anything? Is there anybody in the family that's done anything? Anything to affect anything. Did anyone fight for the country and die? You know, um, those would be some pretty interesting things. I have relatives who have fought and lived. Has anyone fought and died? You know, where is that grave? If that grave is somewhere, I'd like to go there. You know, those are the kind of things that I think I would want to do. Yeah, you mentioned travel, so yeah, it'd be yeah. lots of lots of places to explore, especially if, if your family hasn't been in the country long. There maybe there's more recent history back in the old world. Right, some places to go, people to right. talk to. I know there's a lot of gravestones. Um, the family, my mother's side of the family, there's a lot of gravestones down in Weston, Weston, West Virginia. And I can't, off the top of my head, I cannot remember the name of the other city in West Virginia. Elkins, Elkins, West Virginia. That's where they're all from. And there's a, actually a cemetery down there that I've wanted to go to because there are a lot of um, a lot of relatives born, uh, that were buried there. So whether or not they were here during the Civil War, that's another story. You know, I don't know, but it would be interesting to find out. Have any stories been passed down about certain family members? Even if the research isn't there, maybe there's a story that's lived through the generations about a particular person? Right, and that would be the great-great-great-grandfather, you know, and that's why I really didn't say anything, because I don't know it's true, for sure if it's true, but it was like there was some sort of scandal involved, and that's why he came here, Mm -hmm. because he had to run away. But he did bring the whole family and that was why he insisted upon changing the name. But I don't know if it was he was either German and wasn't going the route the Germans wanted him to go, or if he wasn't German and still wasn't going, you know, if he was Hungarian and then wasn't going the way things they wanted people to go or they were trying to flee to get away from that oppression. Um, or if he was a criminal against the state over there. I don't know. So those were the story that's kind of been passed down. Well, and sometimes doing these kinds of, you know, ancestry tests, you, you learn more because you get connected with other people that maybe you didn't know. I know Mike has that in his family. He's got brothers that he didn't know, you know, brothers in Florida that he didn't know he had. But as far as I know, I have no sibling siblings that I don't know anything about. 
Is there a favorite memory that you have from when you were a child or any of the family reunions that you've hosted? Oh, jeez. I could go on. <laughs> I can't pick one particular event that was the most fun thing. I mean, I was just um, reminiscing over the holidays because my family would get together at my grandparents' house, and they lived over in the Eastern Heights, uh, not Eastern Heights, uh, the St. Jude area of Elyria. And the house over there was really, really tiny. I mean, tiny little ranch house. And, you know, there were like their six brothers and then their families. And they procreated well. I mean, I have a lot of cousins and second cousins and, you know, go on and on and on. And we would all be crammed in this tiny little house in every little spot that we could make to sit in. Mm -hmm. And if you went into the kitchen, all of the adults were sitting around, most of the adults were sitting around my grandmother's uh, kitchen table. And on that table, there was every type of candy, like ribbon candy and candied almonds. And you remember those little Neapolitan coconut things that you could get and all of those little square candies. Um, there was every type of peanut cookie and everyone sitting at that table smoking their cigarettes, drinking the bottle from the bottle of black velvet. But you know what? Every time you walked by, one of those relatives would grab you and give you a hug. And you always walked away with a grandma and grandpa gave you a $2 bill or, you know, some Susan B. Anthony dollars or whatever. You walked away with that and an orange and we did gift exchange and you always had one present that you went home with. I think if I could live a moment in time, that would be probably it because, you know, they'll never be, it'll never be again. And I think my best advice is if that's what you have now, take advantage of it because... You know, you never know when it's going to be gone. My family watched um, home movies over Christmas of oh. like past Christmases. And um, my Nana, so my mom's grandma, is like decked out in this fur coat with like a corsage. And she just has armfuls of gifts. Yeah. And she's walking in like singing, we wish you a Merry Christmas. And then it's like an uncle after that. And all these people crammed into this really tiny apartment. And my uncle set up his Hot Wheels in this hallway, and it took up the whole length of the hallway because yep. it's just this microscopic apartment. Yeah, that's what we did. You know, everybody was crammed in, and you just found your little spot, and you just unwrapped your present, and whatever it was, you stood in that spot, and you you played with it. Or if you wanted to get up and eat, that was always, you know, the tough thing. There was only so much table space to eat, so you had to, you know, elbow your way through. And then, of course all of the food, you know. So any opportunity I get to make and feed those things to people, it, in my head, brings back what I lived as a child, you know. So for me, people's like, oh, why'd you do that? Because while you're doing it, it's like therapy. I'm remembering, you know, everything, all of the good things that, you know, my parents and grandparents and my whole family, you know, cooked. And I can even remember certain things people said, you know. Food yeah. is a powerful thing. And has anyone kept um, diaries or photo albums or things like that you've been able to flip through? We've, we've looked through a lot of the photo albums. Plus, I have 
all of the photo albums on my dad's side of the family that I have not looked through. They're all in storage. There are literally, I bet, and we have them in the shop, I bet there's probably a good maybe seven or eight of those male plastic kind of mailboxes with the lid on or the handle on the top. There's probably seven or eight of them and there's all sorts of pictures and albums and certificates and you know things like that that I just are there any uh, plans to try to digitize or preserve those things for no, not future this, not family members? No, not at point in time. Mm -hmm. But I tell you, now that I've done this, I think I'm going to go out there and open up a box or two. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look at those things, yeah. Mm -hmm. You've really got me curious now. And those things are just sitting out there. It's nice to have a plan like that. Right. You know, dig, in, dig a little deeper, find... Well, is there anything else you'd like to share with us before we wrap up? I don't know. I can't really think of anything else that uh, that I'd want to share other than, you know, I'll just say it again. I have a great family. I'm going to be interested in seeing, you know, if I'm correct as into what my background is. Um, I know you heard a lot of different uh, nationalities and races in there. So I'm going to be excited to see when it actually comes up. Maybe I want to see all those little percentages, you know, mm -hmm. that I'll know all along that what they told me was right. Nobody was fibbing to me. So. Well, we'll get a chance to talk to you again then after, after yeah. the designated time period and all the test results come back in. Yeah, I can't wait. back with Tammy to reveal her ancestry DNA test results. <laughs> Exciting. Yeah, it's been about what, four or five weeks, I think? Yeah, I'm anxious yeah. to hear. Yeah, are you, are you ready? I think I'm ready. Okay, um, so I think, at least to me, and I think in the interview with you, you were talking about how you think you're like a mutt and just all of these different things. Yeah. Um, you're really not. Oh! <gasps> yeah. As a matter of fact, um, we should be playing God Save the Queen because you are British. Really? Yeah. Lot, you are 45% yeah. England and Northwestern Europe, which they are pinpointing to Britain. My boy, <laughs> God. No kidding. Goodness gracious so, me. You're 45% from England. And then you have 30% Eastern Europe and Russia, which um, Ancestry is saying is specifically Poland and Ukraine for you. Poland. You've mentioned Poland. Yes. 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 Um, it could also include like Hungary, Russia, um, Slovakia, but those are the two areas they've pinpointed for you. You are 13% Germanic Europe, so Germany, and then 3% Scotland. Ooh. And then there's 9% that's like a mix of other regions where you have Ireland, Sweden, the Baltics, and the Balkans. Dang. Yeah. No kidding. I'm a Brit? <laughs> yes. Wow. Look at that. No, Norway. I've been traveling the trains of Norway. <laughs> Those are so awesome. Oh, that's really cool. So I'm 43% Britain, 
British. 45. 45% so British. Probably half of your ancestry. Dang. It's a big chunk. Yeah. And we've only had, I think, three tests come back so far, but this is the largest percentage that I've seen of just one ancestry. Really? So I so would that have anything to do with the fact that my family has migrated relatively, immigrated relatively late yeah. in time? So actually, Ancestry gave two potential migration routes that your family could have took, um, which I think the one matches with the timeline that you gave us, because it's talking about settlers coming from England into Pennsylvania, Eastern Ohio, and then West Virginia. Right. A lot of people were drawn initially to Pennsylvania because of religious freedom. Um, But by the 1870s and then well into the 1900s, you had so many industries in this area where you had steel, you had glass. um, And then people were coming here for those jobs and to kind of get away from farming because of the Great Depression really collapsed our farming industry. Um, and then people migrated from West Virginia up into Ohio. So I think your family fits the that, migration pattern perfectly. That uh, sounds about right from what I've been told. Yeah. But I've never, I never would have guessed Britain. That must be my mother's side. They have, um, you didn't have any starred matches, but they did identify that you have one second cousin that shares 12% of your DNA. Um, And you you also have four second cousins that share about 7% of your DNA. So there are some people on Ancestry that have taken the test and they're related to you. No way. Hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. And then you have thousands of fourth cousins. So, yeah. (laughs) Thousands of, I hope I didn't marry one. Yeah, because his family kind of has the same... The same migratory, hmm. you know, story, you know. Mm-hmm. I thought it was around, it was around that time. I mean, that makes sense. The world economy was collapsing, especially with the Depression. That was not just here. That was everywhere. And so people we'll came s- for work. And, yeah. And that was a lot of industries. Mining and stuff was big around that time. I would have never guessed England or Great Britain or anything like that. No? Never in a million years, no. Really? Nobody's ever talked about Germany, that. yes. Poland, yes. Hungary, yes. Romania, yes. And Serbia. Didn't I say I had Serbian? It could be that they were British, but they had that background, right. too. Because, I mean, the empire was the empire. Yeah. Nobody's else, nobody else has come back, like, with such a big... Is that what you're saying? Um, I think the, the second biggest one would be 35%. Wow, this is so cool. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm not a total mutt. (laughs) So some of the story is probably true. I just don't know exactly what that story is. Okay, good. I don't feel like I lied. That's really cool. Thank you guys so much. Well, thanks for doing it. Thank you. No, my pleasure. Oh, it looks like there's a little bit of Ireland in there. Yeah, a small percentage of um, Ireland is 2%. Oh. So a little bit. I'll be Tammy O'Mullins. Today is uh, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. <laughs> technically. So you can technically celebrate. You do have a little bit of mm-hmm. Irish in you. Two uh, percent. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, thank you. All thank right. you. Thank you, Tammy. Now is your chance to win and learn that you are just as fabulous as me, Maggie. The code word is QUEEN. That is Q-U-E-E-N. QUEEN. Email the code word QUEEN to postcardsfromgrafton at gmail.com. 
now we are going to chat with Crystal about her interest and in projects with family history and discovering more. Hey, Crystal. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being on today. Do you want to start by maybe introducing yourself and talk about what you do here at the library or outside of work? Uh, sure. My name is Crystal, and I'm the young adult librarian here at the Grafton Mindy Public Library. Um, so I do all of the teen programming and all the ordering for the young adult section and get to hang out with all the teens. <laughs> <laughs> They're an exciting bunch. That is true. So I would love to know why you were interested in being on the podcast about ancestry. Uh, so genealogy has always been one of the things that has interested me since I was younger. I did all of my 4-H projects and Girl Scout projects on genealogy. Um, so I researched my family tree mostly by word of mouth, as far back as people could remember. Uh, I never actually delved into it where I was actually going and trying to find records from places. So, But it's always been like on my to-do list in the back of my head, you know? <laughs> So you're almost collecting like oral histories and, and stories before using the records to fill in those pieces. Right. What have you found so far? Um, well, it's interesting. So my mother's family, her father, his, his mother and father, um, they were married and they had three kids, but then he passed away. So there's not a lot of information on his side of the family. Uh, she remarried and had 17 more kids. Oh, wow. 17. So there's a wow. huge study that was done on that side of the family, and it was traced back all the way to European. Hmm. But again, that is her second husband. So, um, And then my mom's mother's family, um, I think there isn't a lot of information beyond my great-grandparents' names and their parents' names. Growing up, they were all already deceased. So I didn't have any stories about them on that side of the family. Not a lot of stories from my grandpa's side. Because, uh, you know, his parents were already deceased. I never knew any of my great-grandparents except for my grandfather's mother on my mother's side. Would she be the oldest living relative then that you remember? Yes, yes. And, she, and, you know, she passed away when I was very young. So I really don't remember her. <laughs> Whereabouts in Europe can you trace your family back to? Or parts of your family back to? That particular branch of the family mm -hmm. that, again, isn't of, like, my family's, besides the half-brothers and sisters mm -hmm. that came out of the second marriage, um, so I never really like delved into that portion of the family uh, history sure. very much. I know that it has been completed and I know that it's there. Um, but it's one of those things where that last name was changed sure. in spelling when they, they came over. Mm -hmm. um, so, but I do believe that like my side of the family, I've always been told that we were German and English and then somewhere along the lines, Native American. Mm. But we don't know how much or if that's actually true. So one of those very common things, I think we've had a couple other interviews that have wondered similar things or heard family stories about that too. So always interesting to find. 
Uh, do you think that is, is that something you want to find out, try to find out through these, this kind of test is maybe some of that ancestry that you don't know about because he had passed away so young? Right. And I, I think that that has always been something that's been kind of interesting to me mm -hmm. to just figure out exactly, because like I said, they were already here and had established lives. I, I don't remember like where the, the immigration took place like mm -hmm. in the family line because it, we've been here for so long. Um, you know, my family was either like, I grew up here and you know, my, my mom and stuff grew up here, but then my dad's family was from West Virginia. Mm -hmm. My mom's family was from Maryland in the area that I lived for the past 20 years. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is there like a family storyteller where maybe some of that Native American mythology passed down to you? No, no. It was always just said that, you know, when you would ask, like, what's our our cultural makeup or whatever? And then that would always be like part of the answer. Like, we think, but we don't know. Mm -hmm. Do you have any... So you said there wasn't a lot of research done. Has there... Has, do, do you have any family members that have done any kind of hard research on that beyond the, the oral traditions? No, it would mostly be that study that was completed on the second the marriage other, from my, my great-grandmother. And then also some of my distant relatives in Maryland uh, have done a lot of extensive research on their sides of the family. Um, there is actually a museum in the town I lived in that had a lot of the family research and family mm -hmm. um, things. And then the public libraries there kept a lot of that as well, the genealogy research on families and stuff oh sure always good if you can that's for sure so you're sort of taking the reins on maybe some of that harder research then huh right especially from our branch the branch that you know moved here and and then that that first husband um for my great-grandmother on my mother's side because once he passed away i mean i don't i think i might even have just the name of you know his parents but that's it no information or where do you think you might start your research first after this whole process? Uh, well, I would go back to the things that I collected already from 4-H Girl Scout projects, mm -hmm. the family tree, and just build from there. Um, I was lucky enough that I did those projects when I was younger, when my grandparents were all still alive. Um, so now I have two remaining grandmothers. And, you know, so I can kind of go and check with them. But a lot of that research that I did as a as a kid is also going to be what they're going to remember now, but I might be able to get more details out of them. True. Kind of, is that something you want to do is share it with everyone then? Yeah. I or... think that would be interesting to share with the family, like where we're from and, you know, beyond that, you know, our family grew up in West Virginia <laughs> and we moved to Ohio or, you know, the other side in sure. Maryland. But... Sure. Get a deeper understanding, maybe hopefully at least. Right. Do you have any, like, family traditions that have passed down from different sides or anything? Not really. When you guys, when that question was posed, I was like, I don't really have any <laughs> traditions at all. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the only thing I could think of would be like how we did Christmas, you know, oh, like, sure. um, we always get together big, huge family meals. Uh, when we were kids, we always got pajamas on Christmas Eve, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think that that's kind of a standard tradition among most families well i mean the holidays can be basically the tradition at least with i know we spread out more in this country than a lot of other cultures do so it's harder to keep them but 
those holiday ones are easier to, to kind of hold on to, I think. Yeah. Was there any food that was shared over and over? I think we're finding a lot of our staff members have recipes that they're trying to replicate from their grandparents that have been passed down. Uh, yeah, I have a few of those that were like, my grandmother always made a uh, pumpkin roll, but mm. she didn't make just the standard pumpkin roll. She had nuts on the outside. And so whenever you see it today where you can purchase it, it's mainly without the nuts. And so I've been wanting to try to replicate that. And I actually contacted a distant, distant cousin. I was like, it, actually, I posted it. I was like, does anybody have my grandmother's recipe? <laughs> <laughs> um so I, I did get that back from one of my cousins. She's like, oh my gosh. And it's like lengthy, lengthy process. So I haven't attempted it, but really, would really like to. <laughs> and those things are hard. Like Great British Baking Show, not getting the cracks on the top when you roll it together. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Right. And then that's where a lot of the steps come in. Like mm-hmm. when she was talking to me over the phone and I'm like trying to write all this stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize all this went into my grandma making these things when I was a kid, you know? And then there's a birthday cake that my grandma used to make for me that I have been trying unsuccessfully for years to find. Um, I even attempted to make it when I was a senior in high school and it was an utter, utter fail. Oh. Um, like, <laughs> I was just trying to go by memory. Like, what, what was in this? Mm-hmm. Like, how was it? And it never. And I've never actually found an actual recipe for this cake. Um, it's <laughs> I've looked and looked and looked. I've Google searched and I'm like, I, nothing. I can't find anything. And it's like the simplest thing. But. Those, yeah. old, those old family secrets. Yeah. Food can be one of those things where people have really unique, like you're never going to find it because four people in the world have made it that way. Right. And one of them is your ancestor. <laughs> and, and and you know that. But, and that's, you know, an exciting kind of legacy to maybe discover and, and continue. I am curious too, if you think in your family, if there is maybe a tendency to not share and kind of keep things close to the vest, or maybe they just don't know and can't pass on those kind of things. I feel like we're finding both of different library staff. I think that there's a combination of that in, in my family, um, depending on, you know, where, where they were from and where they grew up. Uh, Cause I think a lot of the family that grew up in Maryland and then they moved away, they moved away because life was hard. There was no jobs in the mountains, you know, and then we went, there and we visit visited often but it was you know they didn't really share my my grandfather and all of his brothers even from the second the half brothers from the second marriage they played cards a lot so then that was where you could like sometimes hear some stories we have a family reunion that we go to every year so you have to remember out of 17 plus so around 17 kids i think total from my great-grandmother imagine all the cousins so there's like hundreds of people at this family reunion (laughs) always kind of amazing to me as somebody who has three cousins right (laughs) to have those enormous families and and those when we've heard the common thread of some reunions have been pretty common actually for Mm -hmm. some of the other staff we've interviewed too it is pretty exciting um the last time we had it was a year uh the summer right before the pandemic happened Mm. and we actually had it at my great-grandmother's farmhouse. Oh, wow. Um, so that was really nice. Uh, it had remained in the family until, well, 
This is the house that she lived in from her second husband. Mm -hmm. It had remained in the family until the 90s. And then they sold it. And it went through a couple of different owners. And now the current owners are trying to do, like, they have a yurt and stuff they put on the property. Mm -hmm. And so they've been working, you know, with my cousins. And we're having hosting our reunions there now. Mm -hmm. So It's nice to have that kind of traditional space to still go back to after yeah yeah decades the original barn from the 1800s is back i mean it was built in the 1800s so mm -hmm. the barn the house all still standing are there any photographs that you have from grandparents or great-grandparents that are still around oh yeah I tons um my my grandfather was kind of a amateur photographer so he took lots of photos um and then you know my mom inherited those, but now I'm I'm slowly like every time I mom I see my mom, she's like, Here, take this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, what is it? <laughs> oh, this 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 one's a bunch of photos that you can figure out who goes to. I'm like, oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but then she'll try like to give me like a little knickknack or something and she'll mm -hmm. be like, This was so and so, so and so's from the family, and I'm like, I I don't remember that thing at all. Like, <laughs> but okay. I mean, if you say so. <laughs> what, what kind of work have you done to, um, like, maybe preserve those photographs? Have you, have you been digitizing or anything like that? Um, some. Mm -hmm. When I uh, a few years ago, when I first moved back from Maryland, as I was trying to like unpack and go through things, I had started to digitize some of my items then. Um, and you know, that was, that's like one of those things that's on your to-do list, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I haven't been working on it very much lately. Uh, so I've been, you know, it's just individually, I have a much smaller scanner than we do here at the library and just trying to go in and like save them and make sure I'm labeling them mm -hmm. like properly. And one thing I did come across in trying to do that was a story I told you about before Fred is, um, mm -hmm. For those of you that went to school in this area, we had these little booklets where you could put your senior pictures and slide in the little card with the person's name that they handed out for graduation. Well, those booklets sweated and they turned very like oily on the inside. So all of the pictures had this like film on them. So I had to try to rescue all the pictures from those booklets. Um, and that was a, a very, trying feet because you know back back in the day we used to write on the back of our photos so trying to preserve the writing on the back and not smear it as you're trying to get this greasy oily film off of your pictures it's one of the risks with those, with those old anything that we find is who knows the condition and then you have to do all that work to try to preserve them and then you can digitize or save them because you don't want to lose that stuff right it's it's Val really valuable especially to you know your family especially those captions like yeah. some of the photo albums for yeah. my grandma are like the press and stick ones mm -hmm. so she's written stuff on the back of like whose wedding this is or whatever and then it's on that awful paper mm -hmm. so to remove it you have to be so careful because you don't want to tear the photo you don't want to lose any of the handwriting and yes mm -hmm. I there's have some of those as well that i need to to try to get out and unfortunately i have some of those that you know had things that were not necessarily photos preserved in them newspaper articles and other sure. things and so 
you know trying to take them out they're going to tear and that's unfortunate <laughs> it's a good thing some of the modern scanners are yeah. good enough to kind of handle even with the the film on top otherwise we'd be in big trouble what kind of um results would surprise you the most when you get these back um well i would think that if it's anything other than what i've always been told especially too it sounds like you have longevity not only in this community but just in the united states so yeah exactly what would be the percentage right would be interesting to find out and then just finding out like is what everyone else in the family believed or, you know, do we have that much of an English background or a German background? Or, I know that the second line of my um, great-grandmother, the second husband, that was a German background. And I think that's where the ch- this spelling change came mm. when they, they immigrated. But... Do you know when that would be about, when they would come over from Germany? No, it, it would have been mid 1800s at the earliest or i mean at the latest mm-hmm. going back because the family like i said has lived there for a very long time in, in that area of maryland well do you feel like there's anything more you would like to share with us yeah <laughs> 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 okay well if you're ready we'll get you started on the dna test Are you ready, Crystal, to find out your ancestry results? Yes. All right. So you are 34% Scottish. I'll actually give you your map here that you can take a look at. You are 28% British. Um, And for the Scottish, too, ancestry is pinpointing it to northern Scotland. Um, They try to do by region. When you log on, you'll see like a deeper color in your map, depending upon where they're pinpointing you. You are 12% Germanic Europe, so in Germany. 10% Wales, which is exciting. Another Welsh person. Yes. Yes. 7% Irish, so you can celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, 7% uh, Sweden and 2% France. Wow. So Sweden. Yeah. It's crazy. It's from all over the place. So no Native American, like they always said in our family. <laughs> no. <laughs> we, we've been busting some myths today. Yep, yes. Yep. That's so, crazy. Yeah. And then Ancestry has two potential migration routes that your family could have taken. So they're saying one would be North Central Appalachia. So um, you have Scots-Irish that come into Maryland and Virginia and then move up into Ohio. And then they're also saying it could have been um, Pennsylvania, northern West Virginia, and Ohio is what originally drew people in. Um, And this follows like larger periods of history where you have different industries that are growing. It's a lot of the steel, rubber, glass, um, and kind of the booms and busts that happen with them. So people come for the jobs and then they move elsewhere and follow them. So. Well, and that fits because my mom's family was from Western Maryland, which is Appalachia. They moved here. Nothing too surprising in there, then? The only... I knew that there was a lot of European ancestry. I I knew some of the English and Mm -hmm. the German. The Scotland and Irish and Wales. Yeah, there's a lot from the British Isles for you. Yeah. Maybe you have a a plaid. I could go to Highland Games now. (laughs) Now, was any of this traced by name, or was it all just the... It was all the DNA. So, mm. yeah, because for, for you, you didn't have um, compared to community. Right. So they didn't have any matches or anything. So this is really? all based on your sample that you gave. Yeah. 
I do have one B for the ancestry though, because mm. they give like little historical descriptions for each region. They have a paragraph for Scotland and that's what? it. And it's a very, very generic thing. Oh. So I feel like that's kind of a ripoff. <laughs> what did they have for England? Was it like they a had, big old page? Yeah. I mean, they went up to like the early 1900s with England, but still like com comparing what I've seen from other results... Like, if you're mostly Scottish, like you are, you're going to be disappointed in the history portion on Ancestry, I feel like. So, hopefully this will give you a good jumping off point for some more research and, you know, maybe inspire some trips. I mean, if you can fit me in your suitcase, I'll definitely go to Scotland. Oh, God. <laughs> that would be all the fun places. What was this one on the map? So, you're 2% French. So, they're actually saying in southern France is where they're pinpointing it. Been learning all the wrong foreign languages. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Gotta learn Gaelic, apparently. <laughs> yeah. That Welsh in there, right? <laughs> but thank you for yeah, absolutely for doing this with us. It's been exciting. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it's fun to see those results. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. yeah, I definitely had no. I I, I knew English and German. Mm -hmm. We were always told that, but the others are all all new. That's a lot of new stuff then. That's actually really, yeah, really cool. I'll give you this too. This has a little bit of Scottish history that I researched and then your percentages at the top. All right. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now we are going to chat with Maggie about how she feels a connection somehow or some way with other places and how maybe this is true. Dun, dun, dun. I'm going to throw her tea in the Black River. Maggie, how are you? I'm good, Carrie. How are you? I am good. Thanks for being on the show today. Of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, do you want to start off by maybe introducing yourself to our listeners, what you do here at work and outside of work? Sure. Um, my name is Maggie. I work in the youth services department. I'm a youth services outreach associate, so I go out to preschools, daycares, do story times with them, although obviously that's changed with the current pandemic, so kind of altered. But outside of work... Um, really just normal stuff. I mean, I like to read, like, you know, British reality television, but then again, who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, I'm a college student. I'm going for my master's in information and library science. So Woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be over soon. So I keep telling myself. <laughs> so I have to say, when I sent out the email to staff inquiring about like, who wants to do this? I think my Gmail said it was like a minute 30 later you had responded <laughs> <laughs> that you wanted to participate. Oh my gosh, yes. I was I was on top of it. I was very on top of it, mostly because like, well, A, it was a slow day. And B, <laughs> uh, I actually ordered an Ancestry DNA kit last year around the time the pandemic started because they were having some kind of like sale for some kind of holiday. And when I received it, it was actually damaged. So I had to send it back. And then I just never got around to, you know, ordering another one or doing it again. So I saw the ancestry thing and I was like, oh my gosh, this is my second chance. So <laughs> I, I was very excited. Was this something that you wanted to do or was your family the one ordering the test kit? Um, it was me. And it was at the prompt, well, not really at the prompting of my family, but we had had some kind of conflicting, um, ancestry DNA things before just like based on what the DNA kit said and then also just like family stories that we had heard so it was general curiosity and I'd always wanted to do it and 
put the sales on that. I was like, oh, like maybe now's the time to do it. But like I said, that didn't really work out. <laughs> is it uh, is genealogy, family history, something that you have other people in the family that are um, looking into that are interested in, or is it something? Yes, uh, both of my uncles on my dad's side. Um, there's three of them, but two of them took. I think one did this one, or maybe it was like the one, two, three, something like that. Mm-hmm. And growing up, they had always been told that they were that they had Native American blood. I think it was like specifically Cherokee. So they were expecting to see that when they got the DNA kit back. And there was, I don't think there was any Native American blood in there, but they had always been told it was like a great, great grandmother or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I think that some of the percentage was from the Iberian Peninsula somewhere, which I'm not even like entirely sure where that is. I looked it up once, but. Spain and Portugal. That's right. Yeah, that's, which looking at my family, you could definitely tell that because my dad's very like, medium tan skin tone dark mm-hmm. hair and everything so the cherokee indian i mean that wasn't super far-fetched for me either of course i mean like look at me i'm like the poster child for like european descendants so you would not think that at all with me but <laughs> that's one of those common stories actually for a lot of american families is the you know native american ancestry and it's honestly often not true which is just mm-hmm. some one of those interesting lore things that gets passed down so frequently yeah that's crazy and even with boundaries too just because you live in germany per se does not mean that you're necessarily german i mean we have those categories in our head of what government is and society but you could be something completely different and just happen to live in germany yeah. so sure. absolutely so what are some of the other conflicting stories you've been hearing about your ancestry um that was that was probably um the biggest one uh before doing this interview, I asked my mom if she knew like what we were. And, you know, it's, it was like the typical answer that everyone hears like, oh, you know, we're a little bit of everything. You know, we have some German, some Scottish, some Irish, but no one in my family really knew per se. I mean, I think that my grandparents, they lived in Pennsylvania, which I know that has, I'm not sure. I think it's not like very Dutch up there or something. I can't exactly remember, but yeah, so not really 100% sure on my mom's side because no one on that side of family has ever really done any family research, genealogy, or anything like that. So, Are there any specific things you hope to learn from taking the test or like surprises maybe you'd, be, you'd run into? I mean, I hope there aren't like, too many crazy surprises. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, where there's nothing similar from either side. And it's like, mom, dad, is there something you need to tell me? Like, was I adopted? <laughs> Hopefully nothing crazy like that. Um, I mean, definitely kind of settling the, you know, Iberian Peninsula and Native American debate, just kind of seeing like, you know, what the stories of that. And also, you know, just finding out kind of the percentage of what I am like on my mom's side and everything, just kind of, I mean, I know it doesn't do like, you know, this is your mom's side, this is your dad's side, but mm-hmm. just kind of seeing, you know, what I'm made up of, I guess. <laughs> Getting a better picture of it. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any like uh, traditions that you passed down that you think would be related to some of those, uh, some of those antra- uh, believed to be ancestries at least? Nothing that no? I was trying to think about traditions that we have. And I mean, it's like the usual stuff. I mean, we celebrate Christmas mm-hmm. and everything. So nothing really too distinctive on the side of tradition, which, you know, stinks. But <laughs> yeah, nothing that like immediately comes to mind that could give any kind of clue away. 
We've talked about food a lot with some of our other Mm -hmm. staff members. Is there something, maybe recipes or even family reunions where you're sharing lots of food that might? Uh, Swedish meatballs immediately (laughs) comes to mind. (laughs) Like very weirdly when you said that, I was like, oh, like my grandma would make like Swedish meatballs all the time. So that was one thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Trying to think like German chocolate cake, which I mean. I don't know if that's necessarily like a staple, but my grandma made that all the time. That was like one of her favorite things to make. Mm-hmm. Other than that, though, and nothing really, I think, too specific on my dad's side of family that like, you know, every year someone has to make this. But on my mom's side, yeah, that's a, it's a little more prevalent. Got a couple. Well, as somebody who's Swedish and German, I appreciate that. So <laughs> Maybe I am too. I don't know. I'll, to, I'll get back to you. <laughs> Now, was your dad one of the ones who took the test or was it just your two uncles? Because it's possible he might not even have that Iberian Peninsula in his background to pass on to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it was just my two uncles who did the um, the DNA kit. So yeah, nothing really from my dad's side to give any closure. D- did you have anybody in the family that was sort of like the storyteller or the, you know, the the person you would go to for information about about the past uh one of them my uncle he he was one of the ones who took the dna Mm -hmm. test he was one of the ones who was like very adamant like you know his you know my granddad had told him like you know we're we're decided from native americans it was Mm -hmm. your great grandmother she married you know one of the settlers or whatever and everything so he was one and then that just and he was the oldest brother so he Uh kind of passed that on to his siblings so my dad kind of reiterated that to me growing up that you know we had Native American blood and then the DNA test things came back and it's like, surprise. <laughs> well, and, and sometimes those don't show up everything as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and some people, especially siblings get different, can get different results. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or different mixes of, you know, the DNA from both parents. So you never know. Yeah. Unless you're a twin, unless you're, you're not going to have the exact same DNA as your siblings. Yep. Mm -hmm. What kind of research do you think you'll do after receiving your results? Uh, Probably just like on the area, probably like general area that came from and, you know, kind of seeing like what kind of things happened that made a lot of people, you know, immigrate to the United States, just kind of see if there's like any family connection there. Uh, And then just kind of like on different family members, because I actually, I was asking my dad about, you know, like what family stories do we have? Like, you know, anything interesting about our family? And there was, he actually had two cousins that were both convicted of murder. And then we had a, my, my granddad's brother was actually found deceased under like mysterious circumstances. So now I kind of want to like look into Mm -hmm. that too. So not just, you know, on, like the components of who I am, but also, you know, like the descendancy and like the people that I come from. Their stories. Sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. Do you know when your family really left where they were originally from and came to the United States? I don't No. Mm-mm. No, we were never really kind mm. of given all that. I know my mom's family was mainly from Pennsylvania and my dad's family, a large percentage of them were from Kentucky. So to like completely different parts. So I'm not really sure if like Kentucky has, you know, a normal amount of like a certain population or anything like that. So 
And if you have a narrative of Native American blood, I mean, that kind of signifies that you think you've been here for quite a while in the United States. Um, so it'd be interesting, too, to see what the divisions are in your ancestry and what those migration patterns are. Yeah. Um, who's the oldest relative that you remember growing up? Oh, that's difficult. Um, I mean, my grandpa, he's still around. He's 85 years old. So, I mean, he's probably the oldest. Um, my granddad wasn't far behind, but he passed away a few years ago. So, but I never really talked with either one of them very much about like our family history, just kind of, you know, stories that they had about like their own lives and everything, but nothing really about ancestry or anything. Wasn't really one of their interests then, huh? Not really, which I was, you know, surprised by, a little disappointed by, but it's a challenge when the older relatives don't know as much if they're not, because uh, you know, they're the ones that potentially could know the most. Yeah, definitely. And my grandpa, I mean, he's, you know, he's 85, so he's forgetful enough anyway, so I don't even know how much of it, if he does remember how much of it would actually be super reliable, just because he's getting older. I mean, you could tell him the same thing five times and he'll forget, and then he'll remember, like, the one obscure thing, and he'll ask you about it, like, three months later, so... But at least it seems like with your grandparents, there is just not knowing what to share as opposed to not willing to share. I think we yeah. see that with some families that there's just things that they don't want to discuss and secrets are kept guarded. So, I mean, you've heard about murders, so that's obviously there's a willingness to share. So that's good. Those, those stories can be uh, good to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they really do. I mean, it, you know, explain some of the like trends that I've seen in my family and mm-hmm regards to you know like substance abuse mental health issues and everything so it does kind of draw a connection there and it's like oh well it's not just you know like this generation like you know they come from a generation where this was a problem and it brings us closer together too because it's Mm -hmm. not just generational divides we always want to put millennials against boomers or whatever the latest conflict is so this kind of shows us that we're more alike than we are different Mm -hmm. yeah no i like that i like that way of thinking Mm -hmm. I am curious, because um, your full name is Margaret. Is that a shared name with anyone in your family? Uh, it is, actually. That was my grandmother's name. So my dad's mother, she passed away. I think she passed away in February, and I was born the next January. So mm. initially, I was actually supposed to be Michaela. My parents had like already decided <laughs> on the name. It was going to be Michaela Rachel, because they always try to incorporate a biblical name into you know each of the kids. So they were also, I was going to be Michaela Rachel. And then it was like right after I was born and my dad, like he was notorious for doing that. Like they had a set name in mind and then, you know, you see the baby and it's like, actually, I think we should name her Margaret. And of course my mom, I mean, can't argue with that just because her mother-in-law was really good to her and everything. And she just passed away. So that was how I became Margaret (laughs) for Michaela Margaret. I can't imagine myself as a Michaela now. Of course, probably like if I had and they were like, oh, we were also going to name you Margaret. I'd be like, I could never see myself as a Margaret. That's funny. My parents did the same thing. I was supposed to be Kayla for the longest time. And then I was born and they're like, well, she doesn't look like a Kayla. And the hospital is kind of like, you need to fill out the birth certificate. Like, let's let's get this moving. Yeah. So then they're just like, OK, Carrie. <laughs> I love that. Just kind of like a spur of the moment thing. Like, you know, you kind of have to fill this form out and it's the ultimate pressure. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So what are you hoping to get most out of your ancestry test? What's what's the ultimate goal that you want to see or something that you hope it inspires in you? Like I said, just kind of like, you know, resolution on like my dad's side of family, just kind of like where that stands in our thing and really just, you know, the different areas that I do come from, just because I have always been very akin to like the European like way of life and just like always wanted to go and visit there, which is like the complete opposite of my parents. They could have like no interest whatsoever in traveling like outside of the United States. Whereas I'm like, I want to go to, you know, France and Germany and like all of these other places. So just kind of seeing if that's something where, you know, it's like a part of me or if it's just, you know, something I've grown up and I've seen and that I've wanted to do. So another layer of motivation to find to go someplace if you know you've been from that place right have you traveled anywhere so far uh i traveled to northern ireland for completely different reasons it was for a missions trip for my church and everything but so yeah i have been to a small part of europe and that was for a week and a half but it was like greatest week and a half of my life so beautiful there (laughs) i loved it I didn't get a lot of the Game of Thrones references, which I was very disappointed by. It was like right when I came back and we went to a couple places and they would have like plaques up saying like this Game of Thrones scene was filmed here. And we actually saw like a Game of Thrones, I don't know if it was like a fan group or like a reenactment group or whatever. And they were there in like full body armor with like (laughs) flying flags and swords and everything. They like went to the top of this one peak and were just like yelling out a Game of Thrones race. I don't even know what it was, but... I came back and I was like, I was like, that's my sign. I need to start reading the the round. Do you have anything else that you would like to share with us? I mean, you guys might be curious about the murder thing, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Oh, yeah, sure. (laughs) Those are always interesting stories. Yeah, well, I only knew about one, and that was one I asked my dad about last night. I thought it was, like, way back in his, like, descendancy, because he told me about it several years ago and it's something that was just kind of like stuck in the back of my mind because I love true crime. So I was Mm. like, oh, I have a family connection with it. No, it was two family members and they were both first cousins. So it was like not far off in the lineage whatsoever. Mm. And my dad said the one side of the family was just like absolutely like they were lunatics. Like they would kill you as soon as they look at you. And I guess there was some kind of Mm. dispute over Something with uh, my dad's grandma's house, like who received it and the one cousin went over and shot and killed someone on the front porch. So that was, that was super fun. The other cousin, uh, it was a woman actually, her, I can't remember, I think it was a first cousin, that sounds right. And she got into an argument with her husband and she shot him and he survived. So she went to jail for a little while, got out on good behavior went back home and her husband was still there and let her come back, which I I would not let someone come back after they shot me, but you know, to each their own. And I guess it was several months after she got out of prison and they got into another argument and she took a shotgun and finished the job. So, well, wow. So I think the one cousin um, who shot and killed the homeowner on the front porch, my dad thinks that he's still in prison. And that the other cousin, he didn't really know just because mm. they all lived in Kentucky and they were all like in very close proximity to each other. And my dad, I mean, he's lived in Ohio since he was a kid. So he didn't really keep in touch with that part of the family. 
I mean, I kind of understand why, <laughs> <laughs> you know, with a, with a history like that, but. Have you ever looked up like news stories about that, those events? Um, I did when I was younger, just because when my dad told me, it was just kind of, I don't want to say in passing, so it makes it sound super casual, like, we're descended from murderers, but <laughs> I just kind of felt like, oh, you know, but like I said, it was just last night, so I mean, it's been mm. something that, like, I've definitely been thinking about where I want to look up news stories, mm. and then my granddad's brother was found shot in his car, and the police ruled it as a suicide, but, like, no one in my family is convinced that it was suicide, they think that something happened to him, so kind of like looking into that and seeing like, you know, kind of the crime aspect behind it. Like, was there a gun found? Was there a reason why they thought he had, you know, killed himself? But so definitely like interesting, like the people that I come from. Like, do you guys still want to be friends with me after hearing that? <laughs> no, I'm absolutely not. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. I, I think we all are. Right. Probably yeah. at some degree. <laughs> oh yeah. And especially from like, that part because it was just like long line of you know substance abuse users and mm-hmm. everything and that's actually where the one cousin his dad was very severely alcoholic mm-hmm. and just like everyone in that family i mean i've heard other stories about like fights where they almost killed somebody and it was just mm-hmm. the whole time <laughs> do you know what time period this happened are we talking like the 50s or earlier i think the way my dad said it um my granddad's brother, um, that was in the 50s. I don't even know if my dad was alive or if he was super young, if it was. And then the my other cousins, it was when my dad was relatively younger, like maybe, you know, early teens. So probably around, because he was born in 59. So maybe like early 70s or mm-hmm. something along that line. Yeah, there would definitely be news articles by that point. You know, for coverage. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's some heavy stuff. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, definitely something uh, I was not really expecting. But, I mean, I'm glad that I asked about it because, I mean, it's part of who I am. So, I mean, it's terrible that it happens. But at the same time, like, I'm not ashamed of who I am or where I come from. So, it's good knowing. It's always good to learn. Exactly. The more you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, are you ready to take the test? Yeah, let's spit in the tube. (laughs) All right. All right. Maggie, are you ready to find out your ancestry results? I'm so ready. Okay, so for future reference, okay, we found this out on Friday. That's when we got the email. I did not, I am not looking at this now until a Wednesday, so it has been several days of agony and trying not to look at my email. I was like, no, I'm going to be surprised. I'm ready. Let's do it. The anticipation. The anticipation Mm -hmm. has been killing me. And it's hard when she sits next to me and I'm like, this is so exciting. Yeah, she kept making commentary on. (laughs) She's like, oh, wow, this is so cool. Even today she was going through and editing stuff and Katie Mm -hmm. like peeked over her shoulder Mm -hmm. and Katie's like, oh, this explains so much. And I'm like, you Mm -hmm. are all terrible. Uh, (laughs) Brutal. Brutal. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, the moment is here. Mm-hmm. All righty. So you are 51% British. Oh, my gosh. Yay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I actually amazing. hand you this map. 
His ancestry is saying you are primarily from the eastern half of England. Ooh. You are 22% from Wales, which is a oh. pretty large percentage. That's... We've had a couple other Welsh results. Almost a quarter. That's quite a bit. Yeah. Wow. 17% Irish. And then we have very tiny percentages after that. 5% from Scotland, 3% from Sweden, 1% from Finland, and only 1% from Germanic Europe. Ooh, this you are is so interesting. Very British. Yes. <laughs> I mean that that's almost pure British ancestry. Yeah. Except for the Irish, that's almost right. pure British mm-hmm. ancestry. Love British. This explains my love for tea. Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, was very excited when I heard this. <laughs> oh my god. Katie was quite funny because she's like, Yes, Maggie, you're white. <laughs> that was her comment. <laughs> well, it's it explains so much. <laughs> What's really interesting, though, because Ancestry also gives you migration routes that your ancestors would take. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a couple people, like, they've pinpointed areas over in Europe where they think their ancestors are from. Yeah. Ancestry's pinpointed somewhere here. Mm-hmm. Um, so they actually, if you flip over your page, Ooh, look, they look. think your ancestor settled in Kentucky first. And that mm-hmm. is the region where they think they went to. That makes a lot of sense because, like I said, that's where my... Uh, my dad's family, they lived for a large majority of his childhood, and then they moved to Cleveland. And, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're here. And they did match you with a second cousin and two third cousins who are currently in Kentucky. Oh. Um, so it would be a really good starting point for your family tree to figure out what yeah. exists in Kentucky and then trace the route back to England. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are, are there any surprises? Um, I mean, the Kentucky thing, that, like, I guess it doesn't terribly surprise me, because like I said, my dad grew up in Kentucky, but mm-hmm. yeah, definitely, I think just like the British part, because like I said, I mean, my mom just kind of thought it was, you know, like, Irish and Scottish and everything, they kind of thought that was like what made up a big majority of it, but yeah, and like I said, my uncles, they both took a similar test to this, and they had Iberian, and there's like not... There's oh, not a really? stitch on there. So. Yeah, that's a uh, very different <laughs> part of Europe. Right. And obviously different different percentages get passed in different ways to mm-hmm. different generations. But yeah, yeah that's it. Do you know of any family history in England or, or, or Wales? Not no? at all. Yeah, so that's very interesting, very surprising good time to travel well after the pandemic well, but <laughs> eventually post-pandemic right but that's a really strong percentage so i think we've only had a few that have had like half yeah be a particular ancestry i mean in some ways it doesn't surprise me just because i have always felt like a very strong connection like mm-hmm. even just like emotionally with like <laughs> with brennan which like does not like before this it didn't really make any sense i just thought it was like you know little kid Maggie thinking that everything in England was a lot cooler, but, mm. but yeah, that kind of, you know, makes sense. Genetic memories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. you said you've been to Ireland at one point, or Northern Ireland, right? Mm-hmm. 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 Yep, I went there two summers ago, mm-hmm. so, yeah, and that makes up, like, 17%, so that, that makes a lot of sense, too, because it felt very, very homey when mm. I was there. There you go. Mm-hmm. Something in you mm-hmm. associates with it, I suppose, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Kinship. <laughs> Those are my people. <laughs> sure sounds that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone. I'm packing up and moving to Britain. You're never going to see me again after this podcast interview. 
And you can now feel legit when you're watching The Great British Bake Off. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that makes sense in so many different ways. Because I always love, like, British period dramas and Great mm. British Baking Show, mm. all those t- types of things. So it's because those are my people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go around. I'm not even going to tell people anymore that I'm American. i be like, I'm actually British. So they're going to be like, you have an American accent. <laughs> Details. <laughs> quite, quite the Anglophile, apparently. Huh? Mm-hmm. You might still have a strong like connection here mm-hmm. to the States, though, because True. Ancestry is saying like, those Kentucky migrations Kentucky. happened a lot in the 1700s. So oh. that's a, mm-hmm. a long time ago. That is. Sure sounds so. that way, yeah. 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 That's wild. That seems so interesting. Like, I mean... Of course, I'm thinking of, like, modern-day Kentucky, but, mm-hmm. like, that they went from England to, like, that area particularly. Got into that area, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Do you, are you going to share this? Like, what are your plans to share this with family members, and what do you think they'll say? Um, I definitely don't think my mom will be terribly surprised, just because we both look very much alike, and we do look more like the European, you know, type, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, I'm sure my dad won't be, you know, <laughs> surprised because, I mean, they had generations of their family living back there. Like I all the way back to sure. his great-grandparents that he can remember. Mm, so mm-hmm. so that'll be interesting for him to find out that, like, we've always kind of had that area with Kentucky. So, Do you know any second or third cousins in Kentucky? I don't. My <laughs> dad hasn't really, like, kept in contact very much oh, with that part of his okay. family just because, like... All of his brothers, they either live here or in Florida. Mm. So, so yeah, he has family there, I think. He was actually thinking about it when I was asking him. And he said, I think I have, like, you know, a second or third cousin that's, like, still alive down there. But, well, you know, I'm not 100% sure because he hasn't seen them since he was younger. I think they moved mm-hmm. here to Ohio when he was preteen. Mm-hmm. So this has kind of been, like, the majority of the home that he's ever really known. Well, it sounds like you certainly do have, I mean, a couple of people obviously took those, this test mm-hmm. and right. are in the system that mm-hmm. are related to you. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to go in there and be like, hey, Dad, do you know so-and-so? <laughs> are mm-hmm. these one of the cousins you were telling me about? Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Well, thank you so much for doing this with yes. us. Thank you for allowing me to do this. Mm-hmm. It's been very fun, very <laughs> educational very eye-opening in a lot of ways too so hopefully it's a fun start maybe yeah more exploration Mm -hmm. oh 100 Mm -hmm. a fun start yeah Mm -hmm. it's gonna open a lot of new (laughs) doors and avenues for me i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) like you can't complain about me watching all this british stuff anymore (laughs) because it's my people it's in my bones it's part of your culture now (laughs) exactly okay it's been great thank you guys so much for you know doing this not just for me but for everybody really neat. Well, thank you, Meg. Now we are going to chat with Pam about how family photos are super cool and why she is fascinated with history in such a personal way. Hey, Pam. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Carrie and Fred. Do you want to introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. My name's Pam Myers. I am customer service manager here at the Grafton Midview Public Library. Um, I grew up actually in Geauga County. So I moved to Cuyahoga County and then out to Lorraine, um, to Lorraine probably about 25 years ago. So 
and I'm working here in Grafton. So didn't know it existed until I <laughs> interviewed. And same here. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's Honestly. it's literally six miles down the street, yeah. but I had no clue that it was here. I so. feel like that's all of us. Um, both of my families have researched their genealogy. Mm-hmm. My mom's family have gone extensively into my grandmother's background, my mom's mom. Um, But all of that is kind of, hasn't been shared, which kind of is weird. Um, Where my father's brother has been researching his, their genealogy. And um, I guess it would just be nice to know where exactly people came from like I've always told my kids that my mom's family is from Poland and my dad's family is from Slovenia and I was bringing up I printed off some things that my uncle had sent my dad about his genealogy research and they were from Austria well and I know they're close but they're not that close I mean they're next to each other but they're still you know miles apart um you know so do I tell my kids you're not Slovenian, you are Austrian, you know, I don't know. Um, and I want my kids to know where they came from. So I guess that's, I just kind of want to know where I came from. Sure. So I love history stuff. I love old photos. I love looking at that type of a thing. I think that's fascinating. So me too. My grandma has a photo album for every year that she was married, so 50 in total. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And it's a full closet, and it's just so much fun to look through all of the pictures. So yeah. I, I totally get that. And I think now it's so different where, you know, we're taking pictures of everything. You know, I'm taking a picture of snowflakes where when I was growing up, I mean, you had 18 pictures on that little canister that you can take pictures of, and you better make it count, mm-hmm. you know, and... Like we were talking about uh, the snowstorm of 78 and how a friend posted a photo of her on a snowbank. And, you know, I don't remember that stuff. You know, I don't know that my parents took photos of that. You know, we don't talk about it mm-hmm. unless it's brought up. And then they probably would go on and on about what happened that year. And But other than that, it's I don't remember a lot of when I was growing up. Um, like I said, unless I'm looking at a picture or somebody brings something up that I can visualize it and say, oh, I do remember that. So I think um, I wish, you know, pictures were more prevalent and you had more history rather than just people taking pictures and you don't know who it is. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's Uncle Lester, you know, but you don't know because it's not written anywhere, you know, so all those people are going to go by the wayside because nobody remembers who they are. Yeah. And that's a common problem with those old pictures that obviously they meant something to someone and they're related to you somehow, but you you lose, yeah, but you lose that knowledge. Right. Because it's not documented. Right. My mom, when she puts up her Christmas tree, she has a couple, but one she does all her old ornaments on and she'll be like, oh, we got this our first year we were married or this one came from, you know, Uncle Bob who gave it to me. You know, it's just... So I, I need to sit there with her and take out like each ornament and I want to take a picture of the ornament like with my mom and then put down what she remembers about it. Just because eventually those are going to come to me. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to know anything about them. And I'll probably hate to see it, but they'll probably go by the wayside if I don't know the history behind them. Sure. You know, and why they were important to my mom that she kept them, you know, all those years. Yeah. That's the value to it. If you don't know the story, you don't know. Right. It almost it becomes meaningless. Yeah. It becomes right. meaningless. They're meaningless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Is there. So you said on one side of your family, you don't know. They've done research, but they haven't shared a lot. Yeah. Um, and the other has shared. What do you want to, do you want to do a lot of sharing or a lot more digging after you've learned a little bit more? Um, I will probably ask my cousins who have all that information to fork it over, <laughs> share it with us. I mean, I know, um, I think we had more information from when my aunt was alive her there it's her kids that are kind of the the holders of all that information so when my aunt marion was still alive we would hear some of it you know every time that they would find something new aunt marion might mention it when we'd get together or something and um so all of that is you know it's i don't see my cousins very often anymore so all of that is just kind of theirs I guess, rather than a collective, let's put it out there so that everybody can see it and take advantage of all the research they've done. Put all the pieces together from all the different yeah, different people doing the work. Right. Sure, sure. Was your aunt kind of the storyteller of the family? Um, actually, I think it was one of her sons that started into it um, when it was really big, like 20 some years ago. Um, and they've just, he's just kind of gone out of control for a long while where that's it was huge and I just remember being at my aunt's house one day and having and they had on the wall like different photos of you know people almost like a family tree of photos of people and things and I mean I've only seen it once and now it's gone since Sam Marion's I don't know who's got it you know so all that stuff is again it's lost to my side of the family mm-hmm. so yeah I know, I know what you mean about like that that photo wall because I, I know my my parents actually have one with a lot of our our family immediate and, and back a few generations. Yeah, they've moved several times and they've put on different walls and different right. houses. Yeah, and I actually I remember dating a guy at um probably it was college, but I remember going to his parents' house where he lived, and um the one wall in their family room was a family tree. And I mean, it was detailed. I still remember in my mind that I can see it, all the handwritten, it was all handwritten on the wall. And that's how his mom kept track of everything. Um, So, and this was before the whole genealogy popularity became really popular. I just, I just, I guess I still remember that on the wall in his house. And I just saw that was fascinating. You know, look how far we've traced our family back, you know, and I was just like, holy crap. So you've been interested in kind of genealogy for a long time then? Yeah, I just haven't had the, you know, I'll play on it and then I don't know how to actually use like, um, what's the website that we have? Um, Ancestry. Ancestry. You know, I don't, to me, it's not very intuitive. It's, It's pretty, there's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, it can be overwhelming. It is, especially if you're not familiar with it or haven't used it much. It's there's a lot. Right. So I mean, it would benefit me to take a you know a class with John or with you to show you how to use that genealogy information. Um, but I also don't want to have to recreate the wheel if people have already done a lot of it. But yeah, I love 
I love learning about history and I love old photos and I just think I was born in the wrong time. But then I think about, oh my God, I have to have a tooth pulled because they don't fill cavities back then and, you know, and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, oh, I might be better off right now, but, you know, <laughs> so. and I can take more pictures now. Do you know if any of your family members have done anything on Ancestry or have taken the DNA test? Because it mm. could be that you discover what they've already put in after taking the test. Um, I don't know um, who in my family has done the Ancestry DNA, any of those. Mm. I don't know anybody that has. Um, but I, I fear that if, you know, it's my sister, do I need to take it? Because she's going to have the same results. I don't know that. It'll be different. Mm -hmm. Okay. But, yeah. I mean, we come from the same people, supposedly. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I just, to me, I think it would be the same. I don't know how it works. Uh, unless you're uh, identical twins, it would be different. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Similar, I assume. Similar. But, but there would be you know, yeah. a different mix. Okay. Do you know when your ancestors came over to the United States? Actually, I don't know when my grandparents... My great-grandparents. I remember my great-grandma lived next door to my grandmother when I grew up. And so my grandma lived in a house, and next door was my her sister and her mother, so my great-grandma. And um, great-grandma lived upstairs for some reason, and Aunt Stella lived downstairs. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think it's my great-grandfather great came over in 1908. He immigrated from Austria to the U.S. So that's about as far back as I know. Other than that, I don't know anything. But I did hear that my, my grandmother's mother was married to a scoundrel. Oh. Yes. He was married. He had several aliases and... Um, would, I guess, kind of find a, a woman whose husband had recently passed away, marry them, and take them for everything they've got. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting to hear. My uncle said, I hope he died a slow, painful death. But other than that, I don't know when they came over. I don't remember if my great-grandma was born here or over in Poland, if that's where really where she was from. Mm -hmm. But her last name was Dubjinski, so mm. I kind of think she's probably Polish. I don't know, though, because I, so my great grandma, when my great grandpa proposed to her, she said, I can't marry you because your last name has a ski because he was Lipkowski. Okay. So he actually changed his last name for her so they could get married. But I've traced their roots and they're German. Okay. So I don't know if a ski is necessarily Polish. Polish. Yeah. But who knows? And we've talked to you that just borders aren't necessarily reflective of ancestry. Because you sure. could be Polish and be living in Austria or Germany or France. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that's they... true. I guess I don't think of it that way. I think of it, you came from Pol you're Polish, so you came from Poland. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think about it as you're Polish, but you live in Austria. Yeah, I don't, I guess I never really hate to say it. I've never considered that. Yeah, things were very fluid. And mm -hmm. if you look at like those time lapse videos of yes. Europe through the 1900s, I mean, the amount of empires that fall and then rise up and everything morphs. So it's very interesting to look at. Did your family end up in Ohio quickly or did they stay somewhere else for a while in the United States? I am pretty sure that my dad's family moved to West Virginia to work in the mines. 
and I don't know how they got up here. Um, again, I'm sure that's actually that was never really actually brought up in um, my uncle's research of my dad's family, but I'm pretty sure I remember that he has relatives in West Virginia and Tennessee. Um, so I don't know what brought them up here. A lot of people we've spoken to have. <laughs> We're all going to be related to each other because yeah. everyone has talked about West Virginia. <laughs> Is that right? Well, I know like Miranda definitely had mm -hmm. ties to West Virginia, um, but I don't, yeah, I haven't really talked to anybody else about it. Are there any like family traditions that you've passed down um, or and that you um, still, you know, follow? Probably the only thing I still do since my dad's mother celebrated Russian Christmas, Russian Orthodox Christmas. So we would keep the tree up through the epiphany. Mm. And I still try to do that. Like this year, I definitely did it um, only because my son and his wife are coming home. And it was like the week after was it, the epiphany was much sooner. It felt like um, than in previous years. So we definitely kept the tree up for that. But usually it's my husband's just like... 26, let's get it taken down. It's like, no, I can't take it down yet. And I, and I kind of want to do, I do want to keep it up because that was something that we did as kids is we kept it up as long as we could. And sure. hopefully it reached the epiphany before it was dry as a bone. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's probably that. And probably some of the things that my parents would make us for dinner are probably the, the bigger traditions. If you want to call them traditions, I guess it's just, it's a tradition, but it's just something we've always done. Mm -hmm. And then I think, you know, as I've gotten married and we've done things, things have tweaked a little bit. Like um, during Lent, my parents would always make halushki, which was uh, a noodle fried with some onion and sauerkraut. And at my house, we do the onions with the homemade noodles, but nobody likes sauerkraut except for me. So... So that tradition has changed in that way. And then I, I do remember like my grandma making sausage. I still remember coming home and they were pig intestines in the kitchen and, you know, they were filling sausages and I was like, that's just disgusting. But also I never would touch raw meat when I was a kid either. You know, my mom would tell you, you know, when I get home, make sure that chicken is skinned and you know, like, I'm not touching it. There ain't no way I'm touching chicken skin. You want me to pull it off? It's not happening. I will fry your meat, but I will not touch it. And then when I finally would touch it, it was, I would take the, the drumstick skin and put it on my thumbs. And then, be, and then my mom was like, that's enough. You're no longer doing chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out then. So it did. So probably food. Um, my mom still makes like uh, poppy seed and nut rolls, but that's not something I've done but I've wanted to learn how to do it. And every now and then I see like, you know, a church offering, you know, we're like going to be baking poppy seed rolls and everybody is welcome to come and, you know, help out. And I've always wanted to do that and just never did it. But that's something I'd like to learn before, you know, my parents pass away. But I have like my grandmother's Aunt Nellie's poppy seed recipe, you know, mm -hmm. stuff like that. But I think, yeah, I mean, a lot of the Polish foods and stuff we've we always had, I don't know that we didn't always make them, but I guess when we had pierogies, I, I suppose my parents made them because I don't know that at the time you could buy those in the store. Maybe in the Cleveland area, but 
Yeah. Not in a lot of cases. That's true. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Food is one of those traditional things that we. I think a lot of us here, a lot of anybody would. Yeah. Kind of take uh, gets passed down, and we we remember that. I do. Yeah. yeah. You, especially if you taste yeah. it or you smell it, it brings mm-hmm. back memories. I can. I can still. If I smell the shampoo I used when I studied in Mexico, I just like. Oh. That's the shampoo I used in Mexico. You know, it just just have to smell it, and it brings back all those memories. You I, know? Yeah, memories are tied to those other senses pretty strongly. Aren't they? Yeah. Is there anything that would surprise you, or what's the what's the thing you th- we think might be the most exciting thing to find out? That I'm famous. Ooh, okay. That I came from someone famous. I don't think I did, but um, that would be very interesting. I. Don't, I mean, for all I know, my my cousins know where we came from. I don't know. <laughs> I just think anything to give me an idea. You know, people always talk about wanting to go to where they have relatives. And um, I think that would be really neat to go to Austria and see if, do, you know, do we have any relatives that are still there? I would love to, you know, kind of bridge a divide and, and meet those people in some way to to get more information or see if they have old photos. I mean, that's what I really like are old photos. Yeah. Build, um, build that connection. Yeah. Sure. So I don't know that my uncle on my dad's side has done that. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that my mother's side, when people have gone overseas, that they have intentionally been looking for things. Mm-hmm. Like my aunt's husband, the one who has all the, had all the, she had six kids, and they're the ones that really got into the genealogy. I know that my uncle was Irish, so they would they went to Ireland. And then while they were in Ireland, they went to different places to meet and get more information for their genealogy research. Um, so I think that would be really cool um, just to see where people lived when they were old, you know, when they were young and... Um, my grandfather was sent to Parmadale Orphanage when he was young, and I was on the Parmadale. I was on the a history thing through Cleveland, and you know it was bringing up pictures of boys moving into Parmadale and moving furniture into Parmadale, and I was like, oh, so that's kind of like what my grandpa probably dressed like. That's what my grandfather, you know, might have looked like, or those are the hats he wore, or. You know, look, the kids were barefoot. Did they not have shoes? What was going on? Why were they barefoot moving furniture, you know? So, so that was really interesting. I like, you know, well, my great grandma Debbie died when she was 102, I want to say, 104. But she swore to, she would drink every night, like have a shot of something every night. Oh, really? And that's why she said she could live to be so long or live to be so old. Um, and I do know a thing about my aunt, apparently, oh, maybe it was my aunt or maybe it was my grandmother. I don't remember. But they were accused of possibly murdering their husband because he was, he died falling down the stairs and they thought she pushed him. So that was kind of interesting. Did your family ever have reunions? Yes, actually we did. Um, I, but I don't remember going to reunion Um, I think the last one was probably when I was maybe 10 or 12, Mm -hmm. but I probably the closest to a reunion we would go to now is a funeral, you know, and then the, you would only find out things by listening to your, to my mom on the telephone as she was talking to her sisters, Mm -hmm. 
it would be just like you'd kind of sit in the next room so you could hear her. And then you'd be like, so what happened with Aunt Pat? She's like, well, where did you hear that? I'm like, well, you were on the phone talking about it. And then she's like, ah. Yeah, it's not like you could go anywhere to keep it quiet because, you know. So, but that was how we found out everything that was going on. So that and then, you know, my grandmother, she always heard everything. She'd say she can't hear anything, but she heard everything. Especially when you were talking about her. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to share with us? Final thoughts or stories? Not that I can think of right now. But if I think of anything new, I'll come back. We'll have you back on for the big reveal, too. I love That's having true. this huge microphone in front of me. I feel like I'm doing a radio talk show. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I kind of am. Yeah. There you go. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you, well, thank you for Pat. talking with us. I can't wait to hear everybody's stories. <laughs> we have some good ones. Oh, yes. We have some interesting staff members. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Pam, are you ready for your ancestry results? I am. Did you peek? No, I did not. Okay. I got the email that said they were ready, and I said, I emailed it to Carrie. I said, I will not look, I will not look, I will not look. <laughs> so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I will go with general percentages first, and then we'll get detailed because you have some really cool stuff. I'm oh. excited. Okay. Tell so, me I'm an American Indian. I can't tell you that. <laughs> We're breaking dreams with that one. Yeah. No one has come back as Native American at this point. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Is that, have other people said they wish that... Have other people asked about that? Um, Kim <clears throat> thought that like her her dad really believed in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's been the family stories. Yeah. Which is not uncommon. Okay. But it usually turns out to not be true. Oh, okay. As it, as it turns out. All right. So you are 52% Eastern European. Mm-hmm. 29% from the Baltics, which is Latvia and Lithuania. Okay. Um, 12% Germanic Europe, so Germany. 4% the Balkans, um, specifically Serbia is what they're pinpointing. And then 3% Sweden. So that's kind of cool. Yes! Right. <laughs> cool. Here's the cool thing about your Eastern European ancestry. Because when you think about it, it's like, that covers a lot. It's like (laughs) Poland and West. Right. So Ancestry has pinpointed this specifically to Hungary and Slovakia. Okay. And they've actually pinpointed an area where your ancestors are from. So if you want to flip over the papers, that'll show you where they think. Romania? Yeah. So it's kind of like this weird overlap of places. Because, like, we talked about how, like, your ancestry doesn't really follow, like, a country's borders. So there's parts of, like, Poland in there. There's parts of Romania. But the big overlap is between Hungary and Slovakia. Huh. But they say, like, build your family tree because there's probably a family still there. Okay. There's probably an ancestral home at some point. So there's... I inherit a home. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. So this is the area that... Yeah, they... that's the most... That's densely pinpointed cool. can narrow it down I mean, it's still a big area but you think about it the world's a much bigger place wow that's so cool do you have any guess what that area was famous for way back in the day it was famous for wine i was gonna say grapes i was like yeah oh so up well, until like that. yeah the 13th century everyone was somehow involved with grapes that cultivating it yeah 
and like royalty was obsessed with it. There was like a huge trade that was developed. A lot of it went to France. Oh. So it's actually called like the King's Wine. Okay. Yeah. Wow. My dad's going to be so excited to do this stuff. <laughs> I'm going to share it with my uncle. And then your sister is on Ancestry. So they matched you with her. Okay. And then your first cousin is on there as well. Okay. Um, they both started family trees. So you can take a look at those. Okay. And then they also found a second cousin. They matched you with her. Oh. So yeah, you share 3% of your DNA. Wow. So you can take a look at that. I bet we don't look alike, though. I'm just using it. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Does and it then, say where that person lives? Um, It does not. It doesn't give me a whole lot of info. Um, You'll have to message her to, oh, okay. to see more. She's kind of restricted on her profile. Okay. Maybe I know her. Yeah. I mean, Tammy's recognized a lot of the names that she's matched with. Okay. Because she's messaged a few cousins that sound really familiar. Okay. So, yeah, you'll have to see. I do remember my sister now saying that she had done it. Um, But then I asked you guys, I said, will mine be different than hers? And Mm -hmm. you said yes, Mm -hmm. which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. You share 52 to 56% of your DNA with your sister. Okay. Wow. I hope she's not Swedish. (laughs) <laughs> I want that to myself. You want your own, yeah. Your own special. I've always special. wanted to go to Sweden. So. Ooh, well, see. Here's your chance. Perfect yes. opportunity. And I'll go over to Romania. I'll or go to Slovakia. Larger map too. That'll show you everything on there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Well, that makes sense then. Serbian, Germany, mm-hmm. Slovakian. It really pins it down there pretty tight, though. Yeah, which is interesting. That's yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting, too, is, like, immigration kind of comes later with this particular group. So, like, 1900 to 1925. Mm -hmm. um, Because in 1850s, you have the rise of nationalism. And there are so many different ethnic groups in that area. Um, They wanted everyone to be Hungarian. So, like, a lot of names were changed. (laughs) Yeah. Like, people had to learn Hungarian in school. So, there was just Mm -hmm. tons of ethnic discrimination. Yep. And at this point, the U.S. is already pretty industrialized, so people come directly to Cleveland or Chicago for work. That's interesting. I had, well, I knew they came here, but I didn't. I'm not a history buff. So. <laughs> it was the rise of the empire at that time. Yes. Or the various empires in Europe in the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Started to, started to cause some, hey, we're going to kill every all of you if you don't uh, do what we tell you to do. Yeah. Okay. So they leave, and they came here. Yeah. Especially to Cle- the Cleveland area and mm-hmm. northern Ohio and Pennsylvania and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you've been our largest percentage so far of an, of an ancestry. Mm-hmm. 52% is really high. Well, when you said 52, I'm like, well, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not pretty good, but it's, it's, it's a larger portion. It's <laughs> yeah. a high number. Yeah. The other one there, like, zooms in on the cities more, so you can kind of get an idea. It's really like this perfect corner of all four countries. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Now what do I do with it all? <laughs> now that's the exciting part. Yeah. Got to start to build your family tree. Mm-hmm. Get some contacts over in Hungary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Hungary would be fun oh, to go no. to, admittedly. That'd be awesome. I've always heard nice things. Well, we have to stop in Sweden. Also heard nice things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll start studying Swedish. And I, knew, I know some German, but I don't know any Polish. Mm. So if I go on Ancestry, will it have all that information on there? Yeah, Mm -hmm. it'll have a whole history of the regions. You can explore by like decade. It'll break down the migration. You can zoom in on the cities and it'll show like really deep colors, like where your ancestry is concentrated. And then it'll be like lighter as you move out. Mm -hmm. Very neat. There's a lot to explore. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Thanks so much for doing this, you guys. This to you is a little history. It's just kind of copied with what ancestry has, but mm-hmm. so excited. It's a really good starting point. I mean, yeah. it's exciting. Yeah. All right. Well. All right. So now thank what? you. <laughs> thank you so much, you guys. Thank you. Thank you to our guests, Tammy, Crystal, Pam, and Maggie. Um, That's Queen Maggie to you. I'm British, so I'm basically the queen. Yeah, okay. For joining <laughs> us to discuss their ancestry and spit and tubes, also kind of gross. For more local history content, check out the Grafton Midview Public Library's collection online at gmplibrary.org slash localhistory. If you have a question for us or a topic you'd like us to explore on a future episode, email us at postcardsfromgrafton at gmail.com. Remember to email the code word from this episode for your chance to win a free Ancestry DNA test kit. This has been Postcards from Grafton. <laughs>